Welcome to Offline Thoughts, where I talk about online personalities, cultural events, and popular movements. I'm really glad that you're listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So today I'd like to talk about Coach Stormy Wellington. And in case you haven't come across Coach Stormy Wellington before, she's a wealth coach with a pretty big presence on Instagram. So on Instagram, she has 1.5 million subscribers. And then she's also on TikTok. And she also has a lot of videos on YouTube that attract, you know, pretty big numbers. And her background is pretty mixed which I will delve into in more detail later on in the episode. But the key messages that she communicates to her followers and subscribers is the idea that you can make a lot of money by joining her organization. Well, she's got a few organizations, but the main one is Total Life Solutions. And then the other one is A Thousand Families. So she basically says that when women follow her and follow her advice, they're able to transform their lives from earning, you know, minimum wage jobs or low incomes and general to potentially making millions and she says that she has to date created several millionaires who have been able to become millionaires based on the advice that she has given them and she basically promises that the the women who follow her because they are they are mostly women the women who follow her that they can also achieve this level of income if they implement the things that she recommends and if they you know subscribe to her beliefs And so when you go onto Coach Stormy Wellington's page or on her social media platforms, you know, it it very much communicates a successful black woman. So the first thing you'll see is the trappings of wealth, lots of wealthy signifiers. So you'll see yachts, you'll see expensive cars, you'll see big watches, really fancy, expensive watches. She'll tell you how much the watches are, which costs in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. She will show you the expensive holidays that she takes, the expensive trips that she takes. She will show you the clothes that she wears. And she's also a beautiful person. You know, she's not bad to look at. So when you go onto her page and you are somebody who is already attracted to sort of flashy things, who is also looking to make more money as most people are, it's very easy to see what the appeal in Coach Stormy Wellington's content is. And beyond the flashy things, expensive things that she has on display, it's also the messaging that she has that is very appealing to many people. So what she essentially says in various messaging is she says that wealth is accessible to everybody. She says that everybody with the right steps, with the right mindset and outlook can become a millionaire because she has, one, she is an embodiment of the fact that, you know, anybody can make it. And two, she says that she has taught many people to date to become millionaires. So she says when you follow and implement her advice, you can also become that wealthy person. And beyond the flashiness and beyond the appealing, simple message, she's also a really powerful speaker. So when she speaks, she is really charismatic. She's really good at getting to the to the nub of what people are really after. She's really good at inspiring people and making them feel like they want to start that day with a new lease of trying to go after the things that they that they desire. So when she's speaking, she's it's not just the flashy things, it's not just the simple message, it's also just the way that she communicates her message. And within her message, she has a a classic rags to riches story that is always very appealing to people. So what we know about, you know, some of the things that she has said publicly is she had a very difficult childhood that was made difficult by the fact that she came from a poor, uh, poor family. So she came from a poor family in which her parents were pretty absent. Her mother was more present, but she was a drug dealer and she was in and out of prison most of her childhood. And at the age of 15, she went away for a particularly long stretch that left her and her brother unable to pay the bills, like keep the lights on, keep the water running and support herself and because of not being able to support herself and her and her brother she ended up turning to to exotic dancing and stripping um you know and she was still very young she was only like 15 years old to you know you cut to today and it's a radically different experience she seems like a very successful woman she seems like a a millionaire entrepreneur she's photographed on yachts every day she's photographed in expensive cars she's communicating messages to people about how they too can come to have the kinds of money that she has you know being able to buy expensive watches and go to the best places in the world you know that's a radically different image than where she started at 
And that's pretty, you know, consistent in um, consistent across all her platforms and all her messaging. But when you spend some time on her TikTok and you spend some time on her Instagram, especially in the comment section, definitely in the comment section, is you start to notice a theme where you'll see comments trickling in of how she is part of a Ponzi scheme, of how she's part of a pyramid scheme, about how people have heard that she scams people, about how the Fed is after her. And that's pretty consistent across all platforms. When you go on YouTube, it's the same thing. When you go on TikTok, it's the same thing. When you go on Instagram, it's the same thing. So then the question is, you know, is there any merit to these claims? Is there any element of truth? Um, what is it that she's doing that would lead people to leave these comments under her posts in the first place? You know, people say there's no smoke without fire. So to try and answer that question, you have to really look at her company, the company that she works with called Total Life uh, Changes. I think I call it Total Life Solutions, but it's called Total Life, Total Life Changes TLC. And this company has a pretty large client base. It's essentially a diet and wellness company that sells um, diet products and diet teas and things like that with the aim of helping people to lose weight. And she's been working with them for a number of years. And how it works is essentially she recruits people to come and work under her umbrella. So she will be an independent worker. She will recruit people who come underneath her and they sell these products they tell they sell these teas they sell these products they sell these teas they sell these supplements and for every sale that they make a percentage of that sale will trickle upwards to stormy to stormy wellington to coach stormy and for every person that they are able to recruit as well so if they're able to recruit 10 people and those people are selling items every week then coach stormy would also be benefiting from that because again the money's trickling upwards so she's for so all the people that she recruits and all the people that they recruit she's always going to make a percentage income from their sales essentially so there's an incentive one to recruit lots of people because it means more money and the people beneath that need to recruit more people because they can't make money just from selling the teas and diet products. I mean, in theory, they could make money, but it's chump change in comparison to the money that you can make from recruitment. So it's a the, the contrast is, a, is either you're going out every day and you're knocking door to door or you're selling to your friends and family or you're getting them to spread the word about the diet pills and the diet teas that you're selling, which is obviously hard work. Or you can recruit a number of people and they are selling those items and each time they make, they sell something, then you basically make passive income. So if they sell $100 worth of items on Monday, then you might get like 20% of that. And if they did that every day and if it was hundreds of people doing that every day beneath you, then you can see how quickly you can make lots and lots of money. Now, TLC, Total Life Changes, and, you know, the organization that Stormy Wellington works for, they describe that as MLM, as an MLM, as multi-level marketing. And they, you know, multi-level marketing, in case you haven't come across it before, is the idea that you are able to sell products or services, usually products, to a network of people that you know. So instead of going the retail route, so instead of you having your products in shopping in like supermarkets or retail outlets, and that's the way that you sell those items, instead you rely on a network of people that you know and their network. So you know me and I know people and through me you sell your items to the people that I know and vice versa. And so when you recruit more people, you're recruiting them for two reasons. You're recruiting them to one, sell the the products to them because anybody who becomes not your agent, but it's basically like subcontracting. So anybody who kind of becomes subcontracted beneath you, you know, they have to buy products, they have to buy a package, they have to buy the teas and the dietary supplements to be able to sell. So you're making money that way. And on top of that, you're making money because you're recruiting people who you get a percentage of the of the income that they are going to make, and also a percentage of the income that they are going to make from the people that they recruit later on. You're literally depending on a network of people to sell products. And many people classify many MLMs, multi-level marketing schemes, as essentially pyramid schemes because they have very similar structures. So with a pyramid scheme, it's exactly the same thing. So you've got a broad base and a narrow tip. And you basically have a situation where 
each person who comes on board in a pyramid scheme recruits people beneath them and those people recruit people beneath them and onwards and onwards. And what happens is that the foot soldiers at the bottom always end up making significantly less money than the people at the top because the money is always flowing from their pockets to the people at the top. So let's say the person at the top has you know, five people beneath them, but those five people have 10 people beneath them and those 10 people have 20 people beneath them and onwards and onwards, the person at the top is the ultimate beneficiary because they're going to make a slice of money no matter what they do. So they could stay in bed that day. They could decide not to leave their bed that day and they're still going to make money because the money they make comes as a percentage of the sales of the people that all the different layers and levels of the people beneath them have made. So it's not really dependent on them selling products anymore and the reason why people call it call MLMs pyramid schemes apart from the structure is that it's often really not about the products so you could literally interchange and to be honest Avon is kind of like that you can interchange the teas for any product it doesn't really matter what the product is it's almost as though the product is a conduit to you getting people to recruit or you getting access to a new level of network of a network that you can exploit for their for a slice of the things that they sell basically and the reason why you know that it's not really about the product is that often these products are subpar products it's not as though they're like top of the range scientifically informed really premium range products they're often inferior products and they're often like their their price is often super inflated in comparison to um similar products on 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 the market and that's very much what you see with tlc so when you look at their the prices for their teas and the prices for their dietary supplements you think you know have they're significantly more expensive than similar items on the market and it's unclear that they are any better in fact you know most people will probably hazard a guess and say that they're not much better. And the reason why pyramid schemes and, and multi-level marketing schemes are ultimately very bad is that it's only a matter of time until they collapse because the model is that you have to continuously recruit people because there's going to be a high level of churn. So the thing about selling subpar products at inflated pricing prices to a network of people that you trust and love is that you you obviously are going to feel kind of icky about it like I don't want to go and hawk products to my siblings and my cousins and my friends when I I suspect and I know that they're probably not that good and if I don't know it at the very beginning certainly over time as I become more acquainted with the product and I, as I start to get reviews and I start to get feedback I'm going to know that I'm hawking a subpar product at inflated prices so it doesn't feel good to recruit people two the nature of MLMs and pyramid schemes in general is that it's very rare that people can have the level of charisma and level of magnetism to recruit at the scale that Coach Stormy Wellington does. So she's able to make all this money and be so flashy because she has the power of speech. She has the power of charisma. She's a commanding speaker. She's got a very big following already. You know, she was pretty big in the Miami scene from research that I've done anyway. So she had a, an existing base that she was able to tap into. She's got a massive platform on social media, uh, particularly on Instagram. So when she's trying to recruit people, it's infinitely much easier than it is for the average person without that following, without that aesthetic, without that capa capacity to communicate their message in a magnetic, powerful way, you know, you know, you're basically going to your friends saying, hey, do you want to buy this? That's not going to make you millions. And the net outcome of this is that as time goes by, more and more people end up dropping out of MLMs and pyramid schemes because they become disillusioned and they realize that it's actually very difficult to make money that way. It's very difficult to continuously, it's difficult to recruit even the first lot of people. And it's certainly very difficult to continuously recruit people to replace the people who are who are consistently dropping off as they themselves become disillusioned with the process. And what this means is that you'll notice if you're if you pay attention that the that the length of time of service or the length of time in these companies like TLCs and other MLMs for the average person is actually pretty short. So I haven't looked at the specific details of the average time that the person enters the MLM, the TLC MLM and then leaves. But typically it's very, very short. It's it's certainly not five years. It's certainly not for the average person three years. It's a very short amount of time because again, 
once you realize that one, it's very difficult to recruit and you also realize that if you only have a few people, you're only making a little bit of money and you realize that you can't pay your bills based on this on this pyramid that where you're at the bottom then of course most people are going to see sense sooner or later or circumstances you know because they've got bills to pay are going to force them to abandon you know organizations like uh coach coach stormies like tlc's because it's just not sustainable in the in the long term and the reason why you see people like coach stormy stay in these positions for a very long time because well it's fine for them for them, they're at the very top of that pyramid scheme or they're very near the top of that pyramid scheme. So they've got many levels of people beneath them who are making money for them on a daily basis. Of course, it's very attractive for them to continue to stay. And that's why you're going to see them talk about how they've been, quote unquote, grinding for 10 years. Well, it's not. I mean, it is grinding. Obviously, it takes a lot of effort to recruit people and it takes a lot of putting yourself out there and and motivational speaking and you have to have the magic touch of sales and recruitment. So it's not that it's not difficult, but it's certainly made easier by the fact that she's made at least hundreds of thousands of dollars annually and potentially millions if we believe what she says. So, of course, you can see her being able to sustain working for a company or an organization like TLC because it's beneficial for that for her but that's certainly not representative of what the average typical person experiences when they join organizations like TLCs and other MLMs so that's generally why MLMs and pyramid schemes are not beneficial to the average person so what does that have to do with coach Stormy Wellington and why is that you know why is it negative to work for for a company like TLC now the answer to that is in her wealth coaching. So what you see with her wealth coaching is that it's a direct conduit to the TLC business. She rec- so she recruits people and she draws people in by promising that she can make them millionaires, that she can change their outlook so that they can end up working for themselves as opposed to working, you know, menial or repetitive or low satisfaction jobs. And she says, if you follow my advice and if you come under my wing and if you follow exactly what I say, then you too can become a millionaire like me. And when people are drawn to people are initially drawn by that message and she directs them towards TLC. So what ends up happening, it's not that she's just giving out free advice. It's not just that she's giving people positive affirmations and she's giving them motivation, daily motivations, and that's the end of it. No, the idea is that she draws them in with this inspiring way of speaking, with these inspiring speeches, with the promise of being able to transform their lives and become financially independent and also beyond that to become significantly wealthy. And she taps into that and then manipulates that to get them to join TLC. And there's kind of an easy way to tell that it's not really about the wealth coaching or more specifically that the wealth coaching is not the end point because whenever she's talking about her wealth coaching, her messaging is not, you know, tell me what your independent aspirations are. So let's say you want to start a small business or you want to start a crash or nursery, whatever. Tell me what it's not as though she's saying, tell me what your aspirations are and I will help you get to that end point regardless of what those aspirations are. No, her end solution is always to direct you towards coming to work for her or how she puts it to become a business partner of hers which really is just a a terminology trick it really just means to become the a, a subcontractor or to recruit for her or to be one of the people that she recruits to recruit other people so the end solution in her in her wealth coaching is always come and work for me come and recruit for me and that's your way into making money which is obviously, you know, quite convenient because all roads always leads to Coach Stormer Wellington making more money than you and always being the ultimate beneficiary of anything that she's advising to do. So when you go and sort of interrogate her wealth coaching business and her wealth coaching messaging, was is that apart from seeing that it always leads to her drawing you into her organization and into being sort of like you know in the on the levels beneath her in the in the MLM pyramid scheme it's also that her messaging sounds good on first impressions but actually when you interrogate some of the things that she says it's actually close to being nonsensical or I mean I think that's actually being pretty generous it's actually it's it's actually pretty gibberish 
So one of the things that she has on TikTok and YouTube is she says, if you decide and the word decide rhymes with homicide, which means something needs to die, you who is listening to me and I talking to we right now, we have to decide how we, how we want to live right now. So, you know, it's obviously words strung together, but you don't really know what that quite means. I mean, obviously, the, the general, if you had to summarize, you know what she's saying. She's saying, basically, you have to decide that you want to win and you want to be successful and you want to do well. But when you really interrogate the, interrogate the words that she, that she is using to get to that message, what does that mean? What does it mean to decide? What does it mean that the word decide rhymes with homicide? What's the relevance of that? Uh, what does it mean that, you know, for you to decide something has to die? What does that mean? Or... You're listening to me and I, and we're talking to we right now. We have to know what we want to live. Right, it's 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 bad rap at at best, and that worst at at worst, it's actually somebody who sounds like they're making. It sounds like they're making up what they're saying on the spot, you know, because presumably if she had given this a little bit more thought, it might have come across better. In that maybe she would have used better symbolism, or should have used better alliteration or should have used just better sort of wording in general like a better better content creation but outside criticizing that it's not good rap or it's not good good words that have been put together it actually doesn't mean much and then outside the gibberish things that she says is she also has other affirmations that go like this it says she says things like I'm going to lead, not follow. I'm a leader, not a borrower. I'll never be broke another day in my life. And this particular video showcases her in a, it looks to be some kind of conference, like a motivational conference, and I think it's her own event. And she's getting people, the audience members, to chant that over and over again. So I'm I'm going to lead, not follow. I'm a lender, not a borrower. I'll never be broke another day in my life. And what is really palpable about that video is how deeply the people in that room feel it, how passionate they are about this sentiment, and also how she's whipped them up into this frenzy of saying these affirmations and really believing these affirmations and maybe not necessarily interrogating what the presumptions or the assumptions behind those words actually mean. And, you know, with the I'm going to lead, not follow, fine, that's fair enough. But with I'm a lender, not a borrower, not a borrower, I'll never be a bro I'll never be broke another day in my life. It's sort of implying that those things that being broke in the first place was a choice. That you were choosing before to be poor, to not have money, to not have choices, to not have opportunities. And now being in this conference with other women who are also passionate about not being poor anymore that you can magically sort of switch switch on in your mind a different way of manifesting that reality you know and I'm going to talk about a bit more later on about why that's actually a really damaging message to communicate to people but even at a base level for now let's just accept that People don't choose to be poor. People don't choose to live in poverty. Most In most circumstances, it's because they have found themselves in situations that they did not control, they did not ask for, and that many times they aren't able to just click their fingers and say positive affirmations to themselves and find themselves out of those situations. Oh, something that seems in you know on the surface positive is actually actually has negative negative connotations and negative implications if you're to follow it to its logical conclusion and outside of that once you start to consume lots of uh coach stormy coach stormy wellington's content especially outside the stuff that's less well polished so the things that are directly targeted at recruiting people tend to be very polished they tend to be very positive they tend to be very focused and they're curated in a much better way you know always looks great the messaging is consistent and the messaging is very very positive but she also has other content where the content has been created in a moment of high emotions i would say and this content always is tinged with negativity towards women and what I mean by that is so in one video she's standing in front of a mirror and she's speaking 
affirmations to herself. So she's giving herself self affirmations. And these affirmations are pretty in line with the other stuff that she says to her followers about, you know, waking up, wanting to win, how you're going to conquer that day, you know, how you're going to make money that day, all fine, all pretty consistent stuff. And to be honest, a lot of other sort of like wealth coaches also say these things. But what struck me about this particular video and other videos like this is the way in which she refers to the women, the women that that follow her, the women who she mentors, quote unquote, the women who work under her, the women who form the layers beneath her, she consistently refers to them as bitches and hoes. So in this particular one, she says something like, um, don't let anybody steal your thunder. Keep waking these hoes up. Or when you watch her old show, there's a show that she did called Beyond the Pole. And the premise of the show was basically to destigmatize exotic dancers. And she was going to be coaching um, current exotic dancers into their life post exotic dancing, which sounds like a very positive message. But in the in the show as well, what, what you notice is she consistently one is very competitive with the people that she mentors and two that she refers to them in these really disparaging ways. She calls them bitches. She calls them hoes. And she's very, very quick to become angered by them. So the minute that they are not completely servile and don't take her message in without question or display any sort of independence or alternative ways of thinking about wealth creation and where they want their careers to go she's very quick to anger it's like she goes from zero to a hundred and when she goes from zero to a hundred I mean I personally think you can learn a lot about a person based on how they are when they become angered at the point where they're not being conscious of their anger. So it's so some people become angry, for example, and automatically they attack you. Some people become angry and automatically they 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 direct it inwards. What's interesting about coach about coach Stormy Wellington is that when she becomes angry and she becomes angry pretty often, it always goes towards other women's looks. It always goes to calling them hoes or whores or or similar language, or it goes straight to calling them bitches. And even when she's giving her motivational pep talks, the ones that are less polished, like I said, she is talking about how you basically need to watch yourself around all these other quote unquote bitches and how they're out to get you and how you're out to get your money. And it very much creates the image of somebody who is on hype, who is hyper aware about other women coming to take the things that she has, which you know, we could obviously psychoanalyze that to death. But at the core of that, that's problematic because this is a person who self-identifies as a an, as an inspiring person who mentors women, young women, women of color, black women specifically. And if that person has put themselves in this authoritative figure where she is dealing with people who are often pretty vulnerable, actually, as I will discuss in my conclusion, then her having an inherently negative view of women that comes out in fits of anger or when it comes out when she's not being as polished or as conscious, then it must mean that the advice that she's giving comes from a negative place and that likely she might not have the best interests at heart because it's very difficult to have the best interests of your followers if you fundamentally are in competition with your followers and if you fundamentally don't like your followers because you don't like women or because you don't trust women or because you see women as being inherently as inherently being your competitors, there's no way that you're going to be able to impart a message that is empowering for that woman independently of how it positively impacts you. And that's what I feel when I'm watching this content. It always feels like, on the one hand, she's giving very inspiring motivational talks. And like I said, she's a really she's a really powerful speaker. She's very vivacious. She's very vibrant. She's very she gives you like that get up and go energy. So on the one hand, she has that component of her brand, you know, inspiring, uh, powerful. But th- what what is always attached to that when you spend a little bit of time really analyzing her content is that it's always it always comes with a bit of poison. It always comes with nastiness directed towards women, towards directed directed towards black women in particular. And if you followed Stormy Wellington online, you you will have probably heard of the infamous low vibrational plate discussion. 
And if you haven't heard that before, I'll give you a quick rundown. So basically, she's hosting this this weekend event, and it's a weekend event where she's charged people tens of thousands of dollars to attend. Um, so presumably, the women there actually must be pretty well off to be able to afford that. And she's had she has catering for the event, and the catering has provided it's like a buffet. I don't know if it's a buffet, but it's 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 all inclusive food and the food that's been cooked is is barbecue food so it's like chicken wings it's like sausages it's like you know like traditional barbecue stuff so the video starts and there's this young woman who's sitting next to her and her she's has a paper plate they all have paper plates which is is a bit of shade because paying ten thousand dollars and and eating on paper plates really doesn't doesn't add up to me but outside the paper plates situation She's looking at the woman's plate and the woman has piled up her food, her her plate with lots of food, which is fine. I mean, you're on holidays, you paid a lot of money for it. Why not? And she's looking at the woman's plate and she's basically saying that her plate is low vibrational because she's piled high her food and her plate is the plate of a queen and it's high vibration because she has less food and the food that is on that plate is neatly organized. And in the video, beyond sort of the ridiculousness of low vibration and high vibration food and queen energy plates and low vibration plates is that the way that she's speaking to this young woman is actually very condescending it's very demeaning it's it's humiliating even though the woman at that time doesn't recognize that it is humiliating what strikes most people about that video and when you read the comments and when you watch responses to that to that video is that that woman is obviously being emotionally abused in that scenario. She's in front of her peers who have all paid a lot of money to be there. She's talking to an authoritative figure who has more money, which means that she's going to garner a lot more respect and authority just by her having money. And instead of her being approached by Coach Stormy privately and saying, listen, I don't think you want to communicate this kind of message for whatever reason. And I think that it will be better for your weight loss and for the kind of image you want to portray if you didn't have food piled high. She does it in front of everybody and she uses really cutting words. She uses really negative words. And the sentiment at the end of the video doesn't even end with giving her advice on how she could do better or what the real life implications are for piling up your food high apart from like the the weight gain component it doesn't end with a teachable moment it just feels like she used it as an opportunity to basically go off on this woman degrade this woman humiliate this woman for public views because you know she posted that on her social media platforms and she's got a lot of attention from that and the woman in the video is so so acquiescing you know everything that coach stormy wellington says she agrees with you know she's really passive she's very sweet she doesn't it's like she doesn't feel the humiliation and degradation that somebody in a typical normal situation should feel and that in itself kind of feels like she's been She's been socialized by Coach Stormy Wellington to kind of accept abuse and to see that abuse and that abusive language and that, you know, pretty nasty, nasty form of teaching as being a, an act of kindness, as being a teachable moment when most people seeing that content are like, whoa, like that woman is so out of bounds. And when you go onto TLC's website, they've got a profile on Coach Stormy Wellington talking about her background and her journey and how she came to be so successful in TLC. It has a quote, a direct quote from Coach Stormy that says, Stormy leads with tough love. If you hesitate on your decision on your decision to consider a product purchase or to join her movement, it will likely be the last time you speak with her. Now, to me, that strikes me as an odd thing to put out there, even from a branding perspective. You know, I, I don't know why that needs to be out there. It seems so negative to me and so aggressive in the way that it's selling because people who worked in sales know that sometimes it takes a couple of times. Like you might meet somebody a couple of times until you're able to persuade them to buy your product or buy your service. So even from a, a sales perspective, it doesn't really make sense. But moreover, the Considering her message, her main message is about how she is an authoritative figure in the black community and in 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 the entrepreneurial space in general. 
in because she's able to basically aspire people and that her ambitions with organizations like 1000 families and another organization called um, girl take my hand all those organizations she says are directed towards helping people and women in particular overcome the difficult circumstances in their lives by working with her so it's unclear why she would say that on the one hand that that's her mission to have these organizations that aim to help women women at all in all walks of life but then say say that it'll be the last time you ever speak to her if you don't buy her product or sign up to her movement you know it all feels very much you know one aggressive like i said but it also doesn't really feel like it's coming from a place of kindness or compassion or that it's the words that somebody would speak who is genuinely interested in the progress of disenfranchised and disempowered women you know they're not the words that somebody who is genuinely concerned about the well-being and the the and who has the desire to genuinely inspire women and help women out of the difficult circumstances would say they wouldn't say those things so I, I guess the concluding question is you know why does any of this matter I mean the online world after all is filled with people who are like coach stormy in many ways so it's filled with influencers who have products and services to sell who've got these big platforms that they basically used to hawk those products and services too and that even the messaging that coach stormy has is not particularly unique you know so we've all heard other wealth coaches or maybe they might not describe themselves as wealth coaches but they might just describe themselves as coach coaches or life coaches or aspirational coaches they're also saying the same thing they're saying they're selling you the same dreams so Coach Stormy is in good company in that sense. But what I would say about Coach Stormy is different is is a few things that are different. Is one, she's part of an MLM scheme, as I said. And by definition, an MLM scheme relies on people who don't know any better, who have few options for alternative, stable forms of income, which is why they find themselves working in these in these unstable conditions because don't forget when you're part of an MLM it's not as though you have things like annual leave like holiday allowance or you've got health care coverage or you've got the same rights that a permanent employee does which and even though you are effectively an employee you don't have many of these rights when you're part of an MLM like TLC. Second thing outside multi-level marketing is that she's specifically targeting black women. So when you listen to her messaging and when you listen to the words that she uses, she's obviously like most people would would realize that she's talking specifically to black women and not just in the words that she uses because she of the cultural references that she makes or in the settings that she's in. It's literally always black women around her. So at these conferences, at these getaway retreats over the weekend on these yachts it's she's always surrounded by black women so the messaging is targeted towards black women and what we know about black women in the u.s context is already they already they face some of the most difficult economic conditions so they're much more likely to for example come from poor backgrounds and many of these women I mean, obviously, the ones that are on yachts and who have paid for for weekend retreats that cost $10,000, obviously, they're not poor by any metric. They're usually middle class, well off women, but they're the visible people that we see behind the visible people that we see that are able to afford these expensive retreats, which, by the way, themselves are advertisements to lure more people in because the idea is that she's trying to say these these circle of influencers who have lots of money who are at the top of their game are able to be around me and be in my company and learn from me directly and if you are able to get your game up and increase your sales and increase your recruitment then you could one day be able to afford a ten thousand dollar weekend retreat with me so those retreats are also still recruitment strategies and that's why she's very adamant about you know uh broadcasting them on all on all her platforms so she's taking so she's targeting women who are much more likely to be in difficult economic situations for all kinds of structural reasons that we can't get into for this episode. So she's specifically targeting those people, which is which is particularly despicable because she's also from that category of people. And when you go onto TLC's website, it's also again evident that it's a dif- it's a 
it's an intentional strategy that TLC and Stormy Wellington are pursuing because all the images, presumably it's not just black women who are selling these products. Presumably it's other women of color and maybe even uh, even white women who are also selling these products. But when you go onto the TLC website, some of the most visible people on that on that website are black women. And the reason why you make people more well in, more more visible than other people is because you're trying to attract a specific audience. So if I put up an image of a, a circle of beautiful black women on a yacht, it's because I'm trying to attract other people from the demographic to come to that, to come to that weekend retreat or to come to that platform or to come into onto the TLC website as the case may be in this, in this instance. And what's particularly sad about Stormy Wellington trying to draw more black women into the fold and into working for TLC is that TLC as a company and as a brand have intentionally chosen not to speak up on black issues. So one of the things that demonstrates this is one, their absence, their absent commentary on any race related issues even though the majority of their sellers and their distributors and their MLM participants are black is specifically during the George Floyd summer demonstrations in 2020 the company CEO was asked whether all whether black lives matter and obviously that was a pretty that was a trick question because as a company that recruits so many black women that uses black women to hire to recruit other black women of course you would expect their 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 standpoint and their support to be on the side of black people in general and on, on the side of black women in particular but no that's not what happened the CEO CEO ended a conference that had been called I'm not sure the conference was specifically to do with George Floyd or, or it was just a conference in which questions were being asked and this is one of the questions but he ended the, the so he had been asked a question about Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd and about the policing and whether he thought it was institutionally racist and he ends up ending his comp first what's evident is that his skin is crawling and he's really he it's clear that he doesn't want to be in that position, that he doesn't want to be talking about quote unquote black issues, that he doesn't want to be, that he doesn't want to say anything that alienates his racist base because what he ends up saying, and this is pretty extraordinary considering literally they make their money from using black women to sell to other black women to recruit other black women he ends up ending the commentary with something like, you know, I, I think, you know, the best position to take where I think the first thing to say is that all lives matter you know on knowing damn well that all lives matter is the rallying cry of racists everywhere and you could say that you know what TLC does and what their CEOs do is not necessarily reflective of what coach Stormy Wellington believes herself except that when in 2020, when we had the Blackout Tuesday, where people were posting black squares on their social media platforms, and they basically said that they weren't going to do any business trade that day in protest or in solidarity with the George Floyd uh, family and in protest to his killing, she came out with a video that was filled with anger and filled with condescension where she was talking down to the people who had participated in the social movement and basically said you know she had lost tens of thousands of dollars that day because lots of her lots of her uh, the women who work under her you know participated didn't open their business didn't work that lots of businesses had shut down and she was talking about how other people other black people and other people and other allies you know could be concerned with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter but that you know life must go on that she's focused on her business and that the most important thing is basically that she needs to focus on not being quote-unquote distracted which I don't think that she had thought well or thought long enough before she released that message because she faced a great deal of backlash from that message and she was forced to release the video soon after apologizing and clarifying her comments you know or trying to do damage control on the initial comments that she released so the fact that she would partner with TLC and who has a an ambiguous slash negative stance on black issues even though they deal predominantly with black women and women of color generally you know it's not shocking when you consider that coach Stormy Wellington also has similar views or if not similar views has the same apathy I guess you could say or the same indifference towards issues that specifically affect black people and black women
And it's also not shocking when you consider what I discussed earlier in the episode, where I talked about how a lot of the messaging when she's not being well manicured or when she's being particularly emotional, a lot of the messaging really communicates her dislike and her resentment and her I mean, I don't know if hatred is too strong of a word, but certainly negative feelings towards other women where she, it feels like she's always in competition with them and it feels as though she feels as though they are inherently out to get the things that she has. Now, the second last thing I'd like to touch upon is the inherent negativeness of her messaging, specifically when she's talking about poverty and how women can escape the poverty they find themselves in by embracing her messaging of self-affirmation and positive affirmation and positive mindsets. And the reason why that's inherently negative is that it's actually lacking in compassion and it's lacking in understanding because what she's essentially saying is she's applying a broad, she's applying a general statement or a blanket statement on people and saying to them that no matter their circumstances, that they can escape the circumstances they find themselves in and find money and find wealth by thinking positively and implementing some of her positive affirmations. And it's not necessarily that a positive mindset or positive affirmations don't have power or don't have some level of influence in how you view your day or how you approach your day and that that doesn't end up having knock-on effects about the opportunities that you're able to see. It's that She's applying it in a blanket way that discounts or disregards the real life effects and the real life circumstances that people find themselves in. You know, it's unclear how somebody who has had to turn to stripping to make money because their mother is in prison, for example, and there is no father in the in the picture who can support them financially uh, or who finds themselves without money because they've been in, in, in domestically abusive relationships where they've had to flee their home with, with nothing but the clothes in their backs, or who have been born into a family into a family who has experienced generational poverty because of the circumstances that keep on repeating. So for example, going like being born to a family where nobody's ever gone to university or college means that you're much less likely to go to university or college being born into a family where there's domestic abuse means that there's much more likely to be domestic abuse in your in your life or in your children's life or being born in poverty means that you don't have access to the best schools or the best teachers you don't have you know additional resources like tutoring like after school activities that can really help children excel in school and onwards and onwards it goes. And in any of these real life experiences that many people go through, obviously these positive affirmations aren't going to do anything. They're not going to do, I mean, they might help how the person feels in that moment, but it's obviously not true that all it takes is for them to embrace this positive outcome or this positive outlook and to embrace this these positive mantras as a way to escape the real difficult conditions that they live, that they find themselves in and to suggest otherwise and to put the burden of being able to escape systemic poverty, for example, on your own, on on individuals' shoulders and their capacity to think positively is actually a very cruel thing to do. And finally, the reason why Coach Stormy Wellington is a is actually very dangerous and her messaging is very dangerous to her followers is that it's not just that she's luring people into multi level marketing schemes or pyramid schemes or that she's getting people to part with money they don't have or that she's getting them to waste their time in what is in most circumstances and nine times out of ten going to be failed endeavors the 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 worst thing about this in my view is the hope that she saps from them because what she does and what characters like storm and wellington do is they prey on people who are naturally positive, who are naturally hopeful, who want the best for them for themselves and their families, and who are motivated enough to try and find a solution out of their difficult circumstances. And when somebody preys on you and they lure you into an organization that was always designed to extract from you, that was always designed for you to end up losing at the end, it means that 
it one lessens your capacity to have faith in people because you've just been taken it you've just been taken advantage of you've just been manipulated into giving your time and your resources to resources to somebody who really never deserved it and on top of that it means that when you next approach a situation where somebody's selling you big dreams, you're much more likely to be jaded and you must, you're much more likely to be jaded even in the face of legitimate, credible opportunities that if you hadn't been exposed to a situation where you'd been, you had been taken advantage of, that you might have embraced and that might have had an actual beneficial impact on your life. And so that wraps up today's episode. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I would love to hear your thoughts on what you thought about the Coach Stormy Wellington episode. In particular, I'd love to hear if you thought I was being fair, if you agree with the comments underneath her videos where people accuse her of being a scammer. Do you think that TLC is a multi-level marketing scheme? Do you think it's a pyramid scheme? And also, if you've had any personal experiences with TLC or with Coach Stormy Wellington, I'd also really be fascinated to hear about that. So thanks again and see you on the next episode.